Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. When you call yourself a Christian, you follow in the ways of Jesus Christ. Today, First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun opens up about one aspect of being a Christ follower. It is also one of the core values of First Pres. Authenticity. It's one of our church's five core values that for which we are striving. Do you remember the five core values? The first letter of each value forms the word paths. So P stands for presence. A stands for authenticity. T stands for I know can hear you thoughtfulness. H stands for humility and S stands for service. These core values are the paths through which we get closer to Jesus and a fulfilling life. Authenticity, the state or quality of being genuine, real, true, legit. I would add that an authentic person is integrated or congruent, meaning what you see is what you get. The person in public is the same person in private. The person on stage is the same as when she is sitting right next to you. Hence, you can see that one of the core values we are striving for and hope for at First Pres is that our people would be authentic people. A church full of authentic people would be like rich, nutrient soil that grows our community. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. And the rich dirt around the vine needs the mix of authenticity so we can have a healthy, vine-like relationship with God and with other people. This morning, I want to look at a few passages that show how the Christian faith has always been about authenticity with God and with others. I think we have all met people who claim to be Christians and who seem like Teflon. Nothing sticks to them, for they might say, Thanks to Jesus, I never have any disappointments or depression or sadness. He has taken away all my pain. Everything is always perfect for me. When we meet people like that, we can say, ah, I, don't, I just don't know if this person is being real with me. They must have drunk the Kool-Aid. It feels like the Christian faith is fake or a cult. And these people just put on a happy face all the time to deny the reality of life that along with ups, there are also a lot of downs. For our church, authenticity means we value a lifestyle of transparency and vulnerability and honesty with God and with one another on how we are really feeling. I know that's a process for us all. It doesn't happen right away. It does need a dose of trust. But one of the pathways of trust is that if the leadership is transparent, that gives us permission to be transparent. From our pulpit, our staff has tried to model that kind of authenticity. We have talked about our depression, our mistakes in, in getting pregnant outside of marriage, our battles with alcohol or drug addiction, or our being victims of sexual abuse. And all of this is real and genuine. And even with Jesus, these are all real. 
We are a community that talks about real issues, real struggles, and real solutions. Not perfect, but authenticity is what we are striving for. If we were to ask the question, are you for real? We hope the answer is yes. This is the real me, the true self. So today I want to talk about authenticity in three ways. Authenticity with, number one, with God. Number two, with people. Number three, with re recognition. First of all, with God. Can we, with God, pour out our hearts and be real and transparent with our Heavenly Father? One of the greatest examples of this is in Psalm 51, a psalm written by King David of Israel, just after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan about his adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband. So listen to how David pours out his soul to God in this written prayer. He's just gutted because he realizes what he has done and confesses to God these words. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night against you and you alone. Have I sinned? I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. You, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the beginning. You desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Now, not to get too gross, but when I read this, I feel like King David is almost like vomiting up the, the poisons that we have, uh, that have infected his soul. He has come to the full realization that he had, had been a, a, a toxic triple threat. He, he, he lied, he committed adultery, he, and committed murder. And if anyone would lose the blessing of God, it would be David. But David writes down this prayer that would last for thousands of years. He would write down his sinful actions for all to know. But more importantly, he articulated to God what he is feeling. What is deep down inside, he brings to the outside world. He wants to come clean. He has always been a man who was after God's heart. And here he now realizes he blew it. So he writes more in his poetry, his psalm to God. Create in me a pure or clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit uh, from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. 
Then I will teach transgressions your way, teach transgressors your way, and sinners will turn back to you. First Pres will never be a community of perfect people. But can we be a people who are transparent with God? Can we be a people who are real in that we are not perfect and that God is not finished with us yet? Can our prayers be that genuine? Can we be a people who can say that, yes, I struggle with life, that sometimes even though I've been a follower of Jesus for years, there are moments when I feel like my prayers like hit a ceiling and that God is on mute. There are times when I feel depressed and then I feel guilty I am depressed. At times I feel like a failure. When I was going through a divorce, when my wife at that time left me while I was in seminary, how is that for humiliation and embarrassment? A, a dear friend, Ada Lum, recommended Psalm 69 for me to read, which again shows the authenticity of the writer King David, but is, it also mirrored what I was feeling. Like many of the Psalms um, articulates what we should have, an authenticity of the Christian life. And, and hear this in this paraphrased version of the message. Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. I'm exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen with, with weeping waiting for my God to help me. Those who help me without cause outnumber the hairs on my head. Many enemies try to destroy me with lies demanding that I give back what I didn't steal. Oh God, you know how foolish I am. My sins cannot be hidden from you. That song was I back then. And maybe today, right now, because of what you are going through, even apart from COVID, or maybe because of COVID, that's your story, your psalm. I've, been, I've always been open about my divorce, which is not something many pastors confess. But I want to say to all who might join us or are with us, we need to be authentic. This is who we are. And there is a God who reaches down and lives among us and offers to live in our hearts, for he loves us as we are. And when we realize that, there should be a lump in our throats. We should get choked up, for this is a great God. And this is a broken, weak at times community of people who are trying to be authentic with our Lord and with others. Now let's go on to point number two. Authenticity with people. It's very important to be real with God in our prayers, to be honest with God. But it's also important that we are real with people too. Notice in the Gospels that we see Jesus being very authentic with people. When his friend Lazarus dies, Jesus weeps. That's authentic. When he is dying on the cross, Jesus says, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That's really authentic. 
Jesus is actually quoting Psalm 22, first verse. And I don't know if he said more in the verse or in the psalm, but if he did, this is what Psalm 22 says. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. It's in the Bible that Jesus, who is God as a man, was depressed like we get. In a garden, in a place called Gethsemane, as Jesus was praying, just before Jesus knew he was going to be tortured and die, he later told his friends that he sweat drops of blood because he was so anxious and that he asked God the Father to take away the cup of his will because he didn't want to do what God asked him to do and be killed. Now, think about this. No one knew that except Jesus. Why? He was praying by himself. And all of his disciples in that event were sleeping. So the only person who knew this was Jesus. So get this, that means the only way that we know today of that episode in the Garden of Gethsemane is because Jesus made it a point after he was resurrected to tell the gospel writers what happened while they were sleeping. He wanted us to know the real story. He was authentic. He wanted us to know that even he was the Messiah, fully human, fully God, had a moment of tremendous anxiety where he sweat drops of blood, which medically happens under immense panic. And Jesus asked God the Father if he really had to do his will, or could he walk away from the cross? This is authenticity to the max. He wanted us to know what he was really feeling at the time and have it recorded for thousands of years for people like us to read. Now think about this. If Jesus is perfect and he felt it was all right to articulate these feelings, why do we, who are imperfect, think we have to keep up a perfect face or perfect mask or the illusion of a perfect life? Are you for real? The reality is, when we are transparent and authentic and genuine, genuine in our feelings, Jesus recognizes that and is so pleased which comes to the third point, authenticity with recognition. Jesus will recognize and affirm your authenticity and will bless you. This is a great episode about Jesus in the Gospel of Luke that speaks of this authentic expression of faith and the recognition and approval by Jesus himself. Hear this. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. And then he, he knelt, she knelt behind him at his feet weeping. Her, her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them of, off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet, 
and putting perfume on them. And when, when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to, to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither, neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? And Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled um, the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You, you neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the women, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I love this story. I really love this on so many levels. First of all, a Pharisee who's normally Jesus' enemy asks him over for dinner. That is so cool. You know, we are in a time when things are so politicized and so polarized that people get mad at the political party they don't support and they get mad at the people who support that dreaded political party. But here we see that clearly Jesus will have dinner and fellowship and make friends with anybody. Jesus will have dinner with even an enemy. So remember this before and after election day. Now, do you think this passage is really about being nice to each other, no matter what political party? Not really. But I thought I would mention this as an aside. But what is this passage saying? A woman who is apparently immoral hears that Jesus is eating at the home of Simon the Pharisee, who is a religious leader and really into kind of a fundamentalism in terms of obeying rigid laws and rituals. The woman risks it. She goes into the party uninvited, even though she knows they know her reputation. She is in enemy territory. They won't like how, her, but she somehow gets in, maybe paid a tip to the bouncer at the door. I, I, I don't know how she got in, especially with her reputation. Seeing Jesus, she goes right towards him, and then she can't help it. She falls down behind him, weeping uncontrollably. Remember back then, the, the, the men are reclining on the floor at a low table. 
She lowers herself behind Jesus, and I know she is heavily weeping because her tears are so profuse, so plentiful, that they cascade down her cheeks and onto Jesus' feet, like a waterfall on the Ko'olau Mountains. There is such an abundance of tears on Jesus' feet that she then wipes them off with her hair, and then she kisses his feet and perfumes them to honor him. There are two responses to this authentic, vulnerable, genuine affection and worship of the Lord. First, Simon the Pharisee, who's kind of straight-laced, sober, and sad in many ways, says three words about her. She's a sinner. Wow. Harsh response to someone being open and transparent about her faith. No affirmation there. Second, Jesus said something too but not in three words. Bit more long-winded, but in a good sense. As we read, he tells a parable in which a person who knows he's forgiven shows immense love to others, much more than the one who's forgiven a little. Then Jesus asks Simon the Pharisee, okay, in response, who really shows love? The one who is kind of forgiven or the one who's greatly forgiven? And Simon answers correctly, the one who has a greater debt that is canceled would be more appreciative. And then Jesus responds with two words. That's right. Then the Lord says, look at this woman. She's kneeling near me. She washed the dust from my feet with her tears, wiped them with her hair, and then anointed them with rare perfume. Jesus recognizes her authenticity and affirms her for that. This authenticity of her expression of love is so respected and accepted and cemented in Jesus' heart that he says to Simon the Pharisee, you don't need to look farther or work harder or be smarter, not a time to barter, to find such a wonderful woman as this. Jesus then declares that he forgives her sins and her faith has saved her and now she can live in peace for the rest of her life. When we are authentic, in our love of the Lord, when we are authentic in our worship and praise of Him, when we are authentic in our deep gratitude of being forgiven, when we are authentic in our prayers to Him, Jesus recognizes and respects us for that and says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. There are so many benefits to being genuine, real, and authentic. People are attracted to us. Jesus commends us. He praises us. But I get it. We can be scared because we have been hurt in the past when we have revealed a little about us. Maybe a trust was broken or we have a deep wound to trust again. I understand. But I say, is there really a better choice than to be real and genuine? The woman in our story was looked down upon Famously so, so much so that when she goes into a party, it is declared in front of everyone that she's an immoral woman. Wow, talk about a scarlet letter. Talk about a harsh put down. But the great thing, the cool thing, is that Jesus doesn't see her that way. And even though probably if she had that kind of rep, then she had most likely uh, been previously embarrassed, criticized, looked down upon, betrayed and hence collected all those terrible memories. But get this, she still chose to go to Jesus because there's something in him that made it worth it 
to show her authentic, extravagant love. So extravagant that she planned it all out to go buy a jar of rare, did you catch that word in verse 46? Rare, not every day, but rare, expensive perfume to pour on Jesus' feet. That's planning. She really wanted to honor Jesus. And while we must wear masks during COVID, let us not wear masks to hide how we are really doing with God and what we share with others. This is a time to be real with one another. Don't fake it. Share in your small group how it's really going. And if you don't have a small group that regularly meets, call us and we will help and find you one. We need those support groups, all of us. We all must find just a few others whom we can trust, where we can let our guard down and talk about how things are really going. Finances are hard, family life is crazy, busy, school is different, tough, work relationships, marriage, being stuck at home, or whatever is hard. This core value of authenticity is a call for us to be real with God, with others. I would love authenticity to be a real core value of our church that we live out. I want to end with reading again from Psalm 51. And as I read it this time, maybe close your eyes and meditate on these words as almost a renewal of commitment to be authentic before the Lord and to others. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners will turn back to you. Amen. That last verse shows that as we are more authentic with Jesus, like that immoral woman, our living a genuine life will resonate with others and turn them back to God. May we pay forward the grace and mercy we receive. And when a person asks us, hey, you for real? Hopefully we answered, I'm trying by God's grace. I'm trying to be for real. Amen. Now let's talk for real with God. Please join me. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Jesus, Holy Spirit, we are so grateful for all that you've done for us. And you have been amazing in our lives, even though so often we didn't even know it. Lord, we just want to be authentic with you and say thank you. And that life is hard. And we're not perfect, but thank you for always being with us. And we praise you for that. Lord, there are some here who are new on this journey and maybe after hearing this 
message and these Bible passages, they're saying, golly, if this Jesus is like that, if God is like that, I want to I wanna hang out with him. And I want to say, okay, I'm figuring this out, but I want to join you. I want to learn more about you. And I'm learning to trust you and follow you. And if that's the case, may they just say a, a short prayer with me of just saying, sorry, sorry, thank you, please. And feel free to just kind of repeat these thoughts in the silence of your heart by just saying, Lord, sorry, ah, uh, that uh, maybe I've ignored you. Sorry, ah, uh, that um, I've been faking a lot in my life and not been authentic. And I really do need your help. So please, come into my life. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your love. Thank you for dying for me. But please come into my life. Send your Holy Spirit. Create in me a clean heart, O oh Lord. And I want to follow you. You know I have a long way to go. But I want to join you in this and make you the focus of my life. In Christ's name. Amen. If you, by chance, prayed that prayer, you know there's a little commit button you can see on screen, and you can just hit that, and then there's also a prayer button. If you can hit that too, and um, a, a staff person or um, one of our lay leaders would love to pray with you and uh, start walking alongside of you, and, and whatever you share will be confidential. And now uh, let me say this blessing for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And may you know that the Lord is with you and may we always live authentic lives. In Christ's name, amen. God bless. Ahuiho. See you next week. God desires and honors our authenticity. Jesus himself was open and vulnerable. Our friends and family will appreciate us being real. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, normally we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at the Vine in Kaka'ako, but for now, you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church website, fpchawaii.org. For our virtual church service, click the online church box at our regular church service times, Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. for the Vine. Be sure to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, and daily devotionals. If you have any questions or needs, you can always reach the church through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the media ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.